read again our text from last Sunday, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. And then Jesus called us in Mark 16 and commissioned us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Please do not ever read that. And I know I I did say this last Sunday, but I believe there are a whole lot of members of the body of Christ, followers of Jesus, believers, because that's who Jesus is speaking to here, who have assigned to the professional clergy... Apostles, prophets, evangelists, these signs. He says they'll follow all who believe. All who believe, these signs will follow you. Jesus went on to say, before you go out with the message, he gave them a very clear, gave us all a very clear instruction. He told that group of some 500, go back to Jerusalem, don't preach your first message, don't plant your first church, don't hold your first revival, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for, Jesus said, the endowment, the infilling of the Holy Spirit that he called power from on high. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The work of the Holy Spirit is critical in our witness and in our reaching those that are lost. Jesus goes on to tell us in Matthew 28, he gives the commission in a little different verbiage, if you will. It says, Matthew 28, chapter, chapter 28, verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The commissioning, it's called. The great commission, we've come to call it. Pastor Jamil and I were in a, in a minister's meeting up in Gainesville, Florida last week, and we were reminded in a very powerful way from one of the speakers, one of the missions directors for the Assemblies of God, how we, what we have been commissioned by Jesus to do, commissioned to go and make disciples, commissioned, commissioned by him, given the assignment from Jesus to go and make disciples, not just see conversion, people converted, but those converts becoming disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. 
Christ. But he said, before you do anything, wait until you're filled. See, the role of the Holy Spirit, I also was reminded of this. The role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is threefold. He will come upon us. He will come and live within us. And then he must flow out of us. And that's what I really want to focus a little bit on in today's message is the outflow of the Holy Spirit from our lives. The key to the Spirit flowing out of us in our own um, uh, efforts, if you will, or in our own testimony, in our own witness that we began talking about last week. I want to read a portion of a devotional that I received this week. I don't like to name names because it's not about the name or, or putting a personality on it. It's a powerful word that bore witness in my spirit. And he said this, We haven't been commissioned in our own strength, gifts, talents, and abilities. We have not been called to go in our own power, in the power of our talents, our charisma, our finances, our abilities. We've been called and sent in the power of the Holy Spirit to drive out demons, to speak with new tongues, to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and to vanquish all of the power of the enemy. We've been commissioned in the power of the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives within you and within me. Is there any power that can stand against the power of the Holy Spirit? Is there any army that can defy the armies of the living God? Is there any lie that can cancel the power of His truth? Is there any sinner that cannot save? Is there any problem that He cannot solve? Is there any mountain that He cannot climb? Is there any disease that our God cannot heal? Is there any darkness that He, the Holy Spirit, cannot drive out through the light of Jesus? The question is, how are we stewarding the level of power and authority entrusted to us? What God can do through a man, a woman, a teenager, or any individual fully surrendered to His Spirit who will courageously go proclaim His name. And if you are a Christ follower... You have been commissioned to go, to go and preach the gospel, to go and light up dark places, to go and make disciples, to go and heal the sick, to go never in your own strength or power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are filled, my friend, or if you believe you are filled, you have been filled to be spilled. I said, you've been filled to be spilled. Let go and let the river flow out of you. Whatever you have allowed to dam up the river of life, whatever you've allowed, it's time for some Holy Ghost dunamis power. One of the words for power in Acts 1.8, that word for power, you shall receive power, is the Greek word dunamis. And I think most of us can guess what English word we get from the word dunamis. Yes, none other than the word dynamite. I'm asking God to set a charge right now and to blow up the dams that have been erected in your life over, the, over time or through cares or hurts or issues or problems or pains that God would move by His Spirit, set charges across our lives, blow up dams so the river of God can flow out of you once again. I ask you, I ask you, 
Has fear dammed up your river? Has unforgiveness dammed up your river? Has grief dammed up your river? Has unbelief dammed up your river? Has weariness dammed up your river? Has religion dammed up your river? Has politics dammed up your river? Then invite the Holy Spirit in this moment in your own way to set a charge of his dunamis dynamite power and blow those dams to smithereens so the river of God can flow out of you once again. Because my friend, God has a flow. His spirit has a flow. His grace has a flow. His presence and his power have a flow. God is not interested at all in containers and anybody containing that, that water, that living water, his spirit. He's interested in us being conduits or pipelines. So for somebody in here today, all I'm trying to say is it's time for you to let the river flow. Let the river flow of His Spirit flow out of you in Jesus' name to those in need. When that river is dammed up inside of you, all you have to offer anybody is drip, drip, drip. There's nothing more annoying than a drip, drip, somebody that's always dripping all over you. Drip. Oh, God. Please pray for me that I'm... Drippity drip. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the world's going to hell. I, uh, drip, drip, drip. You better start buying food. Everything's running out. You better start putting in solar panels. All the grid, everything's going to... Drippity drip, drip. All negative. No faith in that. No trust in that. Jesus said... On the, uh, in, from John chapter 7, he stood up and said in a loud voice, uh, and we just sang it earlier, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever, but let me tell you something. If you are vanquished, uh, uh, famished, uh, you've been in a wilderness, in a dry place, in a desert place, uh, and you come up and the first believer you come up onto is a dripping <laughs> believer. That ain't going to help you one bit, is it? You need a flow, don't you? You can't survive on a drip. Drippity drop, drop, drip. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, in John 7, 38, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Rivers. And by this, he told us what he meant. In the next verse, by this, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later going to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But after he was glorified, and that's why Jesus was anxious to ascend off of this earth because he knew what was going to happen, the Holy Spirit, the river of heaven, the river of the throne room of God that flows, was going to flow from heaven to the earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. And 
And Jesus was anxious. I got to go because I want the Holy Spirit to come. And when he comes, he's going to be like rivers of living water. My friend, Holy Spirit did not fill you. Jesus did not call you for you to just go dripping on people. People around you, my friend, they don't need just a drop of love or a drop of grace or a drop of hope with the despair all around us and the unbelief all around us and the spiritual and moral decay all around us. The people we encounter, they need rivers of love to flow over them. They need rivers of grace to flow over them. They need rivers of hope to flow over them because they're in a wilderness, in a dry desert place and they need the river of God flowing out of us upon their lives. Hallelujah. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's as simple as that. Let the river flow. Let the Holy Spirit blow up all of the dams and the blockages. I don't know. Let him shoot and kill all the beavers that are damming up your flow. Whatever they may be. We don't need any of them. You don't need them. They're not helping. Let the river flow. Enough with the drip, drip, drip. Let the river of God flow. He comes upon us. He lives in us. And he flows. He flows through us. I want to give you... I'm going to give you what I have come to understand. And I have presented this before once or twice over 31 years, but it's been a long time. And I want to remind some and and just give this to others for the first time. Jesus gave us in Luke chapter 10 his model for how to do personal ministry. He gave us his model. I'm going to read them and then I'm going to make four points from the, the, the model that Jesus gives us, I call it the Jesus model for evangelism, for personal ministry. In Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1, After this the Lord appointed 72, and he sent them out two by two, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go... I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Man, that's never been more true than today. Like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. The very last thing Jesus said to do was proclaim the message. That was the last step. Not the first, the last. Because in these verses there are four steps. And I do them in four words. And these are the four words. Bless fellowship, care, proclaim. He first told them, when you go there, bless them. Peace, peace to you. Secondly, he said, if they're willing, if they want to, and you invite them, they invite you, whatever, fellowship with them, remain there. Have a cup of coffee. Have lunch together. 
Third, he says, care for the, heal the sick. Wow. Now, before Jesus says, present the gospel to them, he's saying, lay hands on the sick, heal the sick that are in that home represented there. Then proclaim the kingdom of God has come to you. Wow. And I believe this is a process that may take years. Could happen in a day, not likely, but usually takes time. It's usually a process. I'm suggesting because I believe it. I've seen it. I know I have relationships and friends that are in somewhere in this process right now as I'm planting and watering and praying. There's time between. Don't rush. Let's allow God to give the increase. Plant the first seed to just bless them. Make a new friend. Get to know them. Try to have fellowship. Invite them for coffee. Invite them for lunch. Sit, sit down together. Have a pick, Go out together. Have a meal together. Become friends with them. Man, we can, your witness is so much more effective out of relationship. Out of relationship, as I mentioned last Sunday. Again, we, we, we are prone to count them, calculate them, measure them, write it down, keep a chart. You know, that's all that the humans just love that. Chart it, measure it, put it in a graph, you know, count it up, add it up, tally it up. We're talking about the souls of men and women, their eternal souls. Let God give the increase. And my friend, I want you to also understand that everybody you know that you have entered into the, that they've entered into a process like this or will enter, enter into a process like this will not accept the proclamation when you get to it. They will not. There are people that leave this world lost. They rejected Christ. And my friend, that's not on us because we don't save anybody. God is the Savior. Salvation belongs to Him as I established in part one last week. He brings the increase. He's not willing that they perish. Jesus has called us to go, invite them, enter into the, uh, bring them into that process of planting and watering. Bless them, fellowship with them. You may be on blessing and fellowship for months and months and months. You could. And then care. Now let me tell you something. When you begin to just invite people into the process, this process, they will ask you. Most witnessing today, people are so uptight. Christians are so uptight and nervous and afraid. I don't know what to say. I don't know what question do I ask. I don't, you know what? Just befriend, befriend people. Be friendly with the people. Bless them. Be a blessing to them at every opportunity. That's a seed then you're praying over them from that point forward, watering it. The Spirit is watering it. Get into fellowship. Have a coffee. Have a dinner. Have an outing. Meet somewhere. Take it to the next level. Care for them. I mean, by the time you get to care, they're going to tell you, you know what? I, 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 my mom's real sick. My husband, my son had an accident. My this, they're going to start sharing with you and giving you the opportunity to pray for them, to pray for their needs, to see God move in power. You say, wait a minute. Pray for the sick to be healed. Jesus said, pray for the sick to be healed. Heal. He didn't say pray for them. He actually said, heal the sick that are in the house, whether they're saved or not. <gasps> What? Absolutely. God will heal 
the sick in order to lead them to salvation and to lead them to the cross of Jesus. And then finally, the fourth step, not the first, the fourth, proclaim. Give them your testimony of salvation, your full testimony of God's work in your life, of your redemption story. Folks, you know what it is? Just Again, it's just, let's just be creative. Now notice this. Jesus sent them out into the marketplace, into homes, into the private sector, if you will. He didn't say this is what you do when you gather for a church service inside of the temple. No, this is what you do out there to be light and salt and to go. And that We have many generations now in my life, my gen- the generation before me, if not one or two generations be- before me, and my generation <clears throat> for sure, of church be- of, of members who have come to believe that the only place a person can be saved is at an altar call in a church service. We have so limited the power of salvation. We have. Many of you have. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I did for a long time. Even as I began in ministry, I'm like, well, you got to you got to invite people to be saved in a church service every Sunday. They can only be saved around the altar in a Sunday service. And so thus there was no witness in homes, no evangelizing, no sharing of your story, no getting people into a process of conversion. Jesus sent them out there in the private world and said, this is how you minister the gospel to people. This is how you see them brought to salvation. Man, and I pray the Holy Spirit can just shatter that lie. God bless people that get saved in an altar. Man, I want to see that every Sunday. And they can get saved here in an altar call in a Sunday service. But they could be being saved every single day. You see, the the book of Acts chapter 2 says the Lord added to the church every day. He added to the church every day those that were being saved. He added to the church every day those who were being saved as a result of your testimony, your witness, your river flowing out to them. Hallelujah. I mean, you can start with a card, and that's not hard. Use your email with a story to tell. God, forgive me. How in the world did I not silence my phone? It's never rung. Maybe you can send a letter. It's better for you. Make a call next or send a text. A kind deed will plant a seed. Be creative in how you... Use your social media. Man, we need a revolution. We need to reclaim social media and use it for the spread of the gospel and not liking and following and commenting and giving every opinion you know, under the stars. And we're not waiting for God to move, folks. He's waiting for you to move. He's ready for you to, waiting for you to <clears throat> let the dams uh, be broken open and his river start flowing out of you and flowing through you. Because understand something, God's word is clear. No one can come to the Father but that the Holy Spirit draws them. Planting, watering, the Holy Spirit's got something to draw, something to breathe on, something to hover over. 
Let him use you to draw someone to Christ. Let him use the light that is in you, the river that is in you, the testimony and the witness that is in you. Because God needs everybody in this room to get the job done. The harvest is ripe and ready right now. For everyone, Romans 10 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then, Romans 10 verse 14, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now I understand this is not, this is not a house full of pastors here today, but it is a house full of preachers. Yeah, I can see y'all believe that. Every one of us are preachers of the gospel. I hope I'm not talking to anybody in this room that knows God, that knows Jesus, but you're ashamed of your testimony, ashamed of your faith, ashamed of the light, ashamed of your church. Because if you're ashamed of Jesus now, he'll be ashamed of you when he comes again. If you are ashamed of him, I, I, I would suggest that you really do not know him. You've really not truly been born again. You've settled for a form of godliness that denies the power of the Spirit because Apostle Paul makes it very clear that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So how could I be ashamed of so great a salvation that was given to me. What is your sermon? What are you preaching? Because everybody's preaching something. Everybody's spreading something, and I don't mean COVID. Is your hope contagious? Is your joy contagious? Is your peace contagious? Is your salvation contagious? Is your love for God contagious? Do people leave your presence better than they were when they got into your presence? Do they leave your presence feeling better about themselves? Do they catch something from you that makes their day just a little bit better. Be determined that everyone who crosses your path is going to catch something from you that will make their life better. Plant some love in them. Plant some hope. Plant some peace. All by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing out of you. Ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. If everybody preached like me, would I have ever been saved. Let that sink in. If everybody preached like me, would I have ever been saved? You see, those highest on God's agenda are usually those lowest in society. People in bondage to sin and to the consequences of sin. Scripture tells us we're to be ready in a moment to give a reason of the hope that is in us. 
I hope you're not one who's ready in a moment to hide the light. Let me be careful not to be too Jesus around here. Are you more careful to hide the light than to shine the light? I mean, you know what, as as saved people, as people with a river of life flowing through us, we ought to even look different. Our countenance should reflect Him. The mission statement of Jesus is still the same. He came to seek and to save the lost. The closer I am to Jesus the closer I am to his mission. The more I love Jesus, the more I love his mission. The mission, that mission, that great commission then becomes my mission to go and to give Jesus to everyone I can. When he saw the needs of people, when he saw the hunger in their eyes, when he heard their cries for help, scriptures, the gospels tell us he was always moved with compassion moved with compassion, and he met their needs. Folks, we can never let the needs of others, the sins of others, the cries of others move us to frustration rather than compassion. We can never look at lost souls and be moved with disgust, moved with criticism, Moved with disdain. Rather like Jesus, may we always be moved with compassion to those in need, no matter what the need may be, for many of them are truly lost and in need of a Savior. How involved in you are you in the mission today? Are you planting and watering? Are you Light and salt, are you a witness and a testimony to others of God's great salvation? Are you flowing? Is life flowing out of you? Because time is running out. Time is running out for your spouse to be saved, for your parents to be saved, for your friends to be saved, for your co-workers to be saved. The Holy Spirit is moving and hovering over the earth He knows that the time for the salvation of the lost is running out. And this is our time to set aside every distraction, every compromise, every convenience, and be about our Father's business. Engage people. Befriend them. Start with your own neighbor. Start with your own co-worker. Start with the house on the left, the house on the right, the house across the street. Bless, fellowship, care, and then proclaim the gospel message. And I close with the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Church, the field, this field, our field, our Jerusalem is ripe and ready right now. It truly is harvest time. It truly is harvest time. Would you bow your heads? Father, do what only you can do in these last moments. Holy Spirit, set some charges in our lives. Blow up the dam of frustration, the dam of fear, the dam of weariness, the dam of disgust, the dam of doubt, the dam of unbelief. And let your river flow. Let your river flow. Is there anybody in this meeting? <clears throat> You've not drank from the river. Who is Jesus? But you want to drink of that river today. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. We'll pray for you right now. And celebrate that with you right now. Is there anybody in this room... I need, I need Jesus to forgive me. I need to drink of that river today. Let me see your hand and I'll pray for you. Anybody in this room, I just want to know. Anybody, anybody? Let's stand together. <clears throat> Is that fresh wind? We need a fresh wind. Sing that part. The fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, let the river flow, let the river flow, Lord, holy anointing, the power, oh Lord, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, can we change it, let your river flow. Let your river flow. Come on, church. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let your river flow in me. Let your river flow through me. Let your river flow. Let your river flow. Let your river flow. Blow up every dam that has dammed up the rivers, oh God. Because that's what the cares of life, the lusts of the eyes and the lusts of the flesh and the pride of life, that's what those things tend to do is dam up the flow of the river of God. Lord, we have some...
in this room have drippity drip drip dripped long enough break open the river of God and let the river flow again let the river of joy and the river of peace and the river of healing and the river of deliverance and the river of breakthrough and the river of finance let the river of the blessing of God and the river of the life of God flow let the river flow hallelujah let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Come on, lift up your voices. Some of you have so many dams you can't even praise God. Lift up your voice. Let the dams be broken and the flow of God. Let your river flow in me, Lord. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Life, healing, hope, peace, joy, confidence, blessing. Let the river flow out of our bellies. Let the river flow. 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 Let healing flow. Let salvation flow. Let truth flow. Let freedom flow. Let the river flow. In the name of Jesus, let his river flow. 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 Let it flow. The same key. Here I am to bow. Is that the same key? <laughs> Here we are to worship you, Lord. We're worshiping you. <clears throat> Here I am worshiping you. With all my heart, with all my soul, I worship you, Lord. We're worshiping you. Let the river flow. Let your river flow. Here I am worshiping with all I am worshiping you bowing down in spirit and truth with lifted hands Worshiping you, oh, here I am, worshiping you, with all I am, worshiping you, bowing down in spirit and truth, with lifted hands. Let your river flow through us, Lord. Not just in this meeting, in this room, in this moment. Let it flow in the streets, from house to house, job to job, classroom to classroom, meeting to meeting, store to store, bank to bank, restaurant to restaurant. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the river flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more drippity drip around here. A drip and a drop is not going to do. People need rivers of life flowing over them. Rivers of living water, of hope, of peace, of salvation, of forgiveness, of the love of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord bless you today, everybody. God bless you. Let your river keep flowing as you're dismissed today.